Coming up today on Locked On Texas Tech, who will we be missing come kickoff time in Shreveport on Saturday? And who are the next in line to fill their shoes? And also a recap of a hump day portal party next on Locked On Texas Tech. You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're going to start this thing off right. Great to see you again on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, always free and available on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. Today's episode brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. And right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 back if your team wins. So visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today. To get started with the only Chris Level, I'm Casey Cowan. Yeah, that is me. Chris, great to see you again. (laughs) There was so much action since we have last convened that I had to just remind myself who I was because we'll be touching on a couple of new names on today's program. It turned into a hump day portal party as the Red Raiders were both adding some hands, adding some hogs in the interior on the outside. Some good stuff to get into as we wrap up our conversation coming up in just a bit. But first, I wanted to begin of course, to turn our attention to Shreveport, Louisiana, as we look ahead to the Independence Bowl just a couple of days away, Red Raiders and the Cal Golden Bears. And some of what we'll get into to kick off our conversation, Chris, is basically a refresher as far as the roster that'll be out there, some of what it's missing, and some of those guys that are going to be stepping in to fill those shoes. Now, this is not an official authorized ranking. Nobody catch any feelings out there in the audience if you're a mama, <laughs> papa, grandpa, grandma, aunt, uncle, sister, brother, whatever. But these are some that definitely are going to be missed. I don't think there's any question about it. And for a variety of reasons, there could be an opt-out, there could be transfer portal stuff, there could be injury reasons, you know, all kinds of things to consider. So why don't we just start with, I guess, that final category I mentioned there, Chris, because he's the guy that we've been missing for a period of time, I suppose. I've had a little bit of time. I mean, to work some guys in and fill these large shoes. But as you mentioned on yesterday's show, you know, a guy to me like Jalen Hutchings might be the one at the top of the list again that's going to be missing in action. So we can take it from there and then run with it. But in the interior of that defensive line, a big presence not going to be there for the Red Raiders. You know, Cowan, I think as you look at this game uh, in in total and like you look at what your roster is or what it's been all season and what it'll be, Saturday night, I think I think defensive line is maybe your where you're missing the most uh, as far as what guys did for you, um, you know. Because I mean, Jalen, it's just uh, because there there's some tears to this. Like you know, defensive line. I think uh, you know your left tackle situation, your you know receiver uh, position. Yeah. But I think defensive line, it's not just Jalen Hutchings, but it's Miles Cole. It's potentially Dylan Spencer. It's potentially Steve Linton. I mean, these are guys that, like, if if we would have reeled off this injury list before the season or or during the season, you would have been like, oh, this is not going to be good in whatever game you had coming up. It's almost like this is fairly normal for bowl game time, though, because ever because of all the situations you just mentioned. But yeah, Jalen and Miles are, are those are because again, these are big people. You don't you only have so many of them. 
Um, and and you you don't have just a lot of experience, you know, depth and and all those things. And then we're talking about a few pieces that are even behind the pieces we're talking about, like your your Spencer, who would be behind Cole, uh, Linton, who 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 would be in that rotation as well. And then obviously with Hutchings. So you're talking about, you know, I, my guess would be. Tony Bradford and Quincy Ledette start in this game. Those guys have played a ton. Quint, I mean, Tony Bradford leads your team in sacks um, and all those things. Um, both of these guys have played a ton of football. I, you know, obviously Quincy will be one of your your premier defensive tackles next season. After that, though, is where it gets a bit trickier. Now, Duda Banks uh, fills in some there. Uh, you've got Trayvon McAlpine, and you've got you know Amir Washington. You've got you know Charles Esters and. Um, you know, Joseph Adetere on the outside, and I'm kind of blending like your interior with with your with your edge guys. Uh, but you know, you, you're you're missing some key pieces there, and that that's you know that's a bit tricky when you're going against a, a running back like you know Jade Knott for Cal. Uh, that that's a bit concerning, but that's really to me, as you look at it on paper, what what would give you some pause. Now the flip side is, you get Jacob Rodriguez back. You get Josiah Pierre back. I mean, or you have Josiah Pierre in there. You've got Ben Roberts. I mean, you're healthy. You're, you're completely good to go. Bryce Ramirez. You're good to go with all your linebackers, all your pieces, all those kinds of things. It's just kind of some of those, you know, key pieces up front, whether it be interior edge guys that uh, that that may be missing. Because like Dylan Spencer is a maybe. Uh, Steve Linton, I'm guessing, is a maybe, just because we haven't seen him in a month. And so I'm not even sure if, if Steve Linton is for sure coming back here next year. You know, I mean, that's kind of where that one's at. It's injury related with, with I think, Dylan Spencer and Steve Linton. But still, but you, you know Miles Cole and no Jalen Hutchings are, are, are a no-go, and that uh, that is not ideal. Yeah, the, the tears that you're talking about, uh, literally and figuratively, I guess, take it how you <laughs> want it. I, I, to me, I kind of define it as, you know, what were you really relying on as the season concluded? To, to spin your wheel. And while there are wide receivers missing that weren't missing at that time, it wasn't like your passing attack was getting you in games or getting you over the hump to win a game, but your defensive front or your rush D or things like that were things obviously that were helping to have you in games and with a chance to win games. So that that's kind of how I differentiate, I guess, because if you look at some numbers they may not be all that dramatically different. Like you're missing three guys here, you're missing three guys here or whatever. But there is a difference there. The, the Dylan Spencer thing is really interesting. I don't know how long this has been building. Coach McGuire talked about this yesterday a little bit, a, a shoulder injury. He also alluded to the thought that it wasn't like uh, going to necessitate surgery. So I guess that's good news. And if he's still possibly going to be there for Saturday, obviously it can't be something that dramatically serious. But has he been playing banged up? I know that, you know, as we got to know this guy earlier on in the season, you're like, wow another one of those young guns that was being counted upon maybe a little bit earlier than we thought he was way out of the red shirt conversation early in the season he was somebody you couldn't really do without but uh i'm curious what your take is on on kind of the way that he concluded the season how, how long this has been going on and uh maybe what to anticipate even though it is listed as just i guess questionable yeah i, th I think it's a fairly newer injury um and I, I don't yeah I, so yeah, it, it doesn't require surgery. This isn't long term at all, but it just may keep him out Saturday. But the fact that he's a possible uh, participant on, you know, because he, he is in Shreveport, um, all, all those things. I mean, it, it's a possibility. 
but you know, it's it's just not ideal timing. Um, kind of like Jordan Brown, who was going to be elevated at receiver, dealing with a hamstring injury. You know, I mean, that's he he was set to start and and all those things, and so you know, you just kind of been nickel and dimed here enough to where boy, it's, it's going to be kind of fascinating uh, to see what what you end up trotting out there with, and it's like your starters may not be too different compared to what you're used to as far as the guys that you're normally used to seeing play because so many guys rotate it like whether it's defensive line or receiver or whatever we're just talking about those two positions now yeah that you, you see so many guys play like what what quarter are we in what package in are we in what personal group are we in what series are we in I mean, all this, so it changes so much but it's when you get into the depth and you get into okay when we really get into the game now, now it's like, ooh, I hadn't seen these guys much, uh, and, and that's that's what's interesting. It also, in some ways, can make it exciting too. I don't know if you how you want to you know, look at that. Tim DeRuiter, Zach Kitley may not view it that way, uh, or Joey <laughs> McGuire. But but those of us that have watched this team are like, man, it this is an exhibition. It's a bowl game. You want to win it, absolutely. They keep score. They televise it. It gives you some momentum. You want to hold up a trophy after it's all said and done. But at the end of the day, it's kind of fascinating to see some of the younger group or some of the inexperienced group because this is this is a, a springboard to spring football in so many ways. Yeah, it's kind of like exciting for everybody else in the room when you stick your finger in an electrical outlet, but not so much for you. Um, I'm curious about the the other like side Daniel, of the line. Like Daniel Stern at Home Alone. Exactly. Like we had a lot of fun watching that. I don't know if yeah, he was all that into it or not. Uh, in a time before CGI, kids, check it out. Um, let's flip to the other side of the line of scrimmage because first today's episode brought to you by prize picks, testing your skills on prize picks. This football season is the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. So the best way to spice up any game, anytime, and congrats to all those with the skills to win up to 25 times their money through the football year. And now you can do the same during the hoops calendar as well. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, place your entry and boom, you're ready to roll. And with the NFL playoffs and bowl season coming up, you can also pick combo projections across football and basketball. With easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and a giant selection of players, projections, and stat categories, it's no surprise that Prize Picks is the number one daily fantasy sports app. So get in on the fun and go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use our code locked on college for a first deposit match up to a hundred bucks. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use the code locked on college for a first deposit match up to a hundred dollars at prizepicks.com slash locked on college daily fantasy sports made easy. Let's flip to the other side of the line of scrimmage because along the offensive line, the numbers haven't been large as far as what you're going to be missing, but it's significant. Anytime you're talking about a premier position, like left tackle. And I, I'm going back to last season around this time. And we're talking about you're kind of tinkering leading up to the bowl game with trying guys here or there. And just like you said, a springboard into the spring or into next season. So you kind of play with it, but do you really trot it out within a bowl game? Th th I'm not going to say this is apples to apples in like the same situation, it, but it's interesting in a different kind of way to me, Chris, because uh, Coach McGuire also talked about this. You alluded yesterday in our conversation about Caleb Rogers, you know, the thought of him moving to the interior next season. Coach McGuire talked about that as well, guard or maybe even center uh, because of some NFL feedback. And, but it didn't seem like we're tinkering with that right now. But the guy that may be stepping in as a left tackle 
could be a right tackle next year. I don't, between Buchanan and so many of these other guys, there's a whole lot to sort it out. To sort out, I'm not putting it all on you to sort out right now. But uh, I, I don't know. Is there a competition that's going to happen leading up to this game, or do you think it's it's settled? Or how would you describe it? You know, if you remember back to last year at this time, bowl prep time, this is where they really kind of started to heavily experiment with pieces and what it would look like in bowl prep uh, in, 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 in lines of thinking of like what, what we would do the following season, which was this past year. And, and I think this, some of these moves, this is necessitated by, look, Todd Buchanan has been a right tackle for most of his career here. Um, he's going to play left tackle in this game. You know, there, there's no way of ultimately knowing whether he's going to fit next year at right or left. I think they're still somewhat in the process of can he do it at this level here? Like, can we lean on him to be a starter on, on at one of these tackle spots uh, and 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 say he's he's we're good to go there? I don't even know if you're there yet uh, or, or anything, but for this game, he's going to play left tackle and Caleb Rogers will play right tackle. And I, I think you know minus Monroe Mills, minus Lena Peterson, minus Seth Martin. You know, Landon Peterson and Seth Martin were unlikely to play in this game. Um, I think, uh, obviously, Matt Keeler will be your your swing tackle um, if Buchanan and Rodgers are, are your tackles. And I think, uh, you know, Keeler is kind of the first sub in for either side. Um, but the, the one guy you do get back that I expect to play, oh, he hadn't played football in a while, and that's a bit of a concern. However, it is like a this, you know, it's like your boo, your safety blanket, your, your you know, your – your comfort level goes up when Cole Spencer is kind of back in the mix yeah. and, and available to play and probably will play in this game, his last college game. So whether he wants to you put him at center or one of the guard spots or whatever it may be, uh, I, I think that is, that is nice to have. So you, you've, you've got a, a seven guy rotation that you feel pretty good about guys that have played a ton and all that. So I don't, I don't know if I view this, the, as much of a concern as the defensive line uh, yeah. just for this game in particular. Now, the scary part is, is for like next year with this position group when, you know, Dennis and Rusty and Cole and all those guys depart, um, you know, and you've, you're left with Buchanan and Jacoby Jackson and, uh, you know, and, and that's why, and then obviously Caleb Rogers, but you, you need, you, you, you need to, with, you know, sustain this level of play and, and even upgrade it if you can. So we'll, we'll get into that as uh, as the show goes along today about maybe a piece that you've added uh, to that mix for, for next year. But that's the way I would view that. So I don't know if there's, you know, if you're necessarily, you know, try, but like Jacoby Jackson and Ty Buchanan are going to be pieces for you, you would think, somewhere next year unless you get recruited over, you know, unless they yeah. bring in somebody that's better than you. This is kind of the, the way it goes, though, at times. Did you make a reference to my boo, or did I hear a connection cut out? Security <laughs> like blanket? Is that what you called the blanket? Well, like, or what? You know, people call their little their blanket like their boo, you know, like they're their teddy bear or whatever. Not you scared know, the hell know. out of me. I thought my wife was standing behind that, me for a second. Was that like, was probably, you know, I probably didn't hit that note exactly right. No, you, you know? went Nelly and Kelly rolling on us. Okay, yeah. So, anyway. yeah, there you go. Uh, let's talk about another guy that we're going to see back in the mix. For a much different reason than any of the other next in line type guys. Now, this is a guy that was first in line. Actually, okay, let me reset the deck. You kick off the season, he's about third in line. Uh, then he became like first in, in line. Then he went back to second. And then 
who's on third, and then there was a red shirt in there somewhere. Jacob Rodriguez, young yeah. man who got off the airplane with uh, not a young man's mustache, saw a picture of that yesterday as he hit the tarmac there in Shreveport. Uh, he's back in the mix. So this is one of those, I mean, totally different categories <laughs> where you're getting a starter back and somebody that was really impactful for you, but we didn't see in the last game. Uh, so you could preserve another year for him. So couldn't go without mentioning him because he's one of the best players on your roster, and he'll be back out there. He, he is, and, and I'm guessing he's going to be one that has some communication in his helmet, uh, which which is you know that that's high praise uh, when you know when you when you're one of these guys that's got multiple years left to play after the season, and you know I mean, he just. I mean, again, th this one might as well be like a uh, Jacob Rodriguez fan podcast uh, at, at some level right. because, I mean, it's, sorry. I mean, uh, you can be mad if you want. I, I think very highly of, of who he is, the player, the really, and Ben Roberts too. I mean, like you are sure. in phenomenal shape uh, with, with those two kids because they they love where they're at. They're phenomenal players. They're smart. They're all in. I mean, like if, if you had this kind of, experience and, and effort and, and, you know, like the kind of players these kids are at every position, boy, you'd, you'd be cooking with gas, man. Uh, but yeah, Jacob comes back and, and, and like I said, you've got your full complement of, of linebackers. And so I think with that, does Tim Druder get a little creative with Josiah Pierre and maybe Bryce Ramirez, maybe in, you kind of morph those guys into, okay, let, let's play them at edge a little bit. Let's yeah. play them, you know, do some different things. Uh, since we're missing a few of these other guys and you've got time to experiment and kind of fiddle with some of that, you've had extra time to teach and learn and well, all and those kinds of things. So, and with Pierre, it wouldn't even be that creative, right? Cause he's, I agree. he's been in those shoes before. So, and this maybe, is his last game, you know, yeah. this is his last game. So screw it, man. Let's go. Maybe Put that could be, on the uh, table. be an advantage. Uh, we love these reform quarterbacks so much, so much <laughs> so that we're going to talk about another one coming up in just a minute. When we get to uh, the portal party that was going down, yesterday i wanted to ask you just because you mentioned it uh is it do you, i think i remember tim Druder saying three guys get the mic in the headset in the helmet correct me if i'm wrong there but i thought he said three defensive players uh is it foolish to assume it's two linebackers and another guy or is it they want to make it on all three levels do you have any uh insight as to what you would expect with rodriguez and others it's okay. Now say it again. As far as I thought, we got three guys that were going to be able to communicate on the defensive side of the football. Yeah. Any idea on what the others might look like? All three levels, all linebackers, or I, I, I think what Tim will do is that I don't know if there will technically be a defensive lineman that's wearing this. I think I think you maybe go linebacker and then a couple of safeties because I, I think gotcha. that the the rule is the way it's stated. You can have three guys on defense. Uh, that and, and I think they've they talked about like you can have one at each level, uh, but but I, it won't surprise me if it's. I mean, Jacob Rodriguez and Rabbit seem like no brainers to me, um, based yeah. on the positions they play, based on their knowledge and and all those things. But then, do you is like Baskerville the other one? Is um, is a freshman you know, All American the other one? I mean, yeah, I mean exactly. I mean yeah. you know, so I I don't know. Yeah, do you do you put another one on 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 Ben in Ben's helmet? I, I don't I don't know, but I think it's it's that kind of sweet spot right there. The only defensive lineman I can envision that would make sense is Tony Bradford. I, I just don't know from a defensive line standpoint. I don't know how much benefit you get from communication though. Uh, do you it's, hear me? It, uh, killing, killing, killing. Yeah, <laughs> because call? it's the, the further back you are, the more you you see and the more you yeah. need to know. 
and the more you can communicate. I mean, Tony Bradford and Quincy Ledet, I mean, those guys don't, they don't know what's behind them or, or, you know, I mean, okay, so I'm going to move and I'm going to, uh, I, I don't know. I, I yeah. just, I can see the, I don't see the, no, if I, if I see the benefit there, but I think, I think your, your linebackers and your safeties are really where, where that communication would benefit. And so, it's that sweet spot right there. CJ, Rabbit, um, you know, Jacob, Ben, Bryce, you know, Josiah, guys like that, in my opinion. Okay. Yeah. I don't even know if a defensive tackle needs a hand signal, much less a handset. <laughs> hey, kill the quarterback or keep the linebackers clean so they can kill the quarterback or the ball carrier on three. Ready, break. Okay. Before we're out of here, let's get to what went down on hump day. And if you blinked, it was another one of those days where you might have missed a couple of things. And Man, these are some spots of need. First, today's episode brought to you by FanDuel. Heat up the action and keep the sports flames stoked this winter with America's number one sportsbook and the official sportsbook of Locked On. There's nothing nicer than cuddling up by the warmth of a nice prop bet or a player parlay. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action with their safe, secure, and easy-to-use app where it's all at your fingertips. And of course, when you win with FanDuel, you're always paid instantly. And right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 back if your team wins. You'd be a fool not to take a bite out of that apple. So get to FanDuel.com slash locked on and sign up today for your shot at $150 in bonus bets with any $5 money line bet that hits with FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. And if you blinked, it was another one of those days where you might have missed a couple of things. And man, these are some spots of need. This was after our conversation yesterday asking about some offensive line urgency, getting a little antsy out there to have a couple of new guys sign up and ready to ride along the offensive line for Texas Tech. Uh, I don't know if uh, Vincenzo heard us in Toledo, but either way, we have that come across. We have an offensive lineman, a Toledo transfer, and Vinny Scary. I'm pretty sure that's the pronunciation. And then we also have a former high school quarterback. That's what I was alluding to earlier. And a Florida wide receiver transfer in Caleb Douglas. So tell me where you want to start, Chris, because both of these are spots where you're looking to upgrade. And uh, these guys come highly regarded, it sounds like. Yeah, so it depends on who you ask or what conversations you're in. But, I mean, I, I think Vinny was a guy that he was on campus on a visit recently. Uh, I, I think it, it's pretty well documented. He was one of the, the top interior guys that they were after. Um, I think they, you know, that was a big deal. And, I mean, it, it, it came down to you and Auburn and Ole Miss. I mean, so this one wasn't an easy one to get, but he's got one year left. And he's clearly a starter on the interior. Um, and so when you start thinking about next year, you know, if you really do want to move Caleb Rogers inside, you know, is this a, is this an upgrade over Jacoby Jackson? Is this, um, you know, do, do you now have your three interior guys with Caleb Rogers, Jacoby Jackson, and, and now – um, and now Vinny, you know, I mean, you know, so there, there's all cut, but I mean, but I still think you're, you're, you're in line to add two more offensive linemen from the portal at least. Um, but this was a big one. He's a, you know, I mean, everybody that you talk to that covered Vinny, uh, at Toledo will tell you how violent he plays. He plays it like a defensive lineman and, and all those things. I think, you know, he talked about, you know, his, his, uh, his host on his visit was Rusty Stats and another group of five transfer 
And so I think uh, they, they immediately connected because that's kind of like, you know, Vinny is rusty from a year ago. And so, you know, switching to this level and all those things. But anyway, it makes you feel a little less vulnerable about that position now that you've added a, a piece in, into that mix and a, and a likely starter. Uh, for next year, but um, I'm real curious to see what else they do there because I think that you may not necessarily have all your starters on your roster just yet. Uh, so we'll kind of see how it how it plays out. But uh, yeah, this one was a big one for Taj, for Baron, for Kitley, for whoever, <laughs> for for Caleb Roger. I mean, for for anybody associated <laughs> with that offense, you you need more pieces like this. Um, and this is kind of what you were wanting to sign up for here. And, and, and again, I, do you wish he had a couple of years? Yes, but it's one year. But this is what we're talking about. Where you're, you're trying to bridge that gap until Caden Carr and Nick Fadig and Daniel Sill and guys like that can kind of grow up and then you can go, okay, now you're ready to go. You know, I mean, we talked about the oven and being in the oven a little bit longer and and all that. Uh, but this this allows that, you know, gap to continue. But you need, again, a few more pieces to to add to the mix for sure. Um, and by the way, it is an election year next year, so don't sleep on more pandemic eligibility coming around the corner. Just one year? We don't know yet what uh, the WEF has in store for us. How about Caleb Payday Douglas, Florida wide receiver transfer? I guess he's a, a fan of Peanut and Nougat. I'm not exactly sure, but that's what his Twitter says, Caleb Payday Douglas. You're looking <laughs> to upgrade the hands. There's no doubt about that. So what do we need to know about uh, Mr. Douglas on the outside? Well, you're in the long haul with him. Um, he's got three years left to play. He's uh, he's a six three kid that can run. And here, here's the thing about Caleb, you know, like, hey, who did you get him over? You know, right now. Well, I don't exactly know who he picked this go round over uh, over. You know, you, you know, or you, you picked he picked Tech over who? I'm not real sure, yeah. but I mean, he's he was involved in in this go round with Ole Miss, with Arkansas. Uh, with, with a variety of, of SEC type schools, and you know he was originally committed to, I think I think in his high school career there was even a, a time where he was committed to USC, and then he obviously signs with Baylor. I mean, excuse me, signs with uh, Florida, but he was also committed to Baylor at one point too. That's how that's where all this started. He's originally from Missouri City, Texas. Uh, I'm going to guess that Joey McGuire, James Blanchard, Brian Nance, and all those folks, there, Kirk Bryant, anybody that was at Baylor at the time, Josh Cochran, you know, had some familiarity with him and his process and who he is and all those things. He was hurt most of last year, so his numbers are not great. And then the first year, or two years ago, he was like, a, you know, I guess he technically would have, would have uh, played a little bit. So one of these years, I think he's going to get back. But anyway, bottom line is he's going to – He's got three years left to play, but he's 6'3". I, I think they think he can really run. Otherwise, they don't take him. Uh, and and so when you start talking about some of the schools that we've been mentioned, you know, that, that you were committed to or had interest from or whatever, I think you get the kind of caliber player. Again, he's got to go do it now. Uh, but this was somebody that they knew. They knew his background. They knew who he was. They had a relationship with him. And so I think that when they he got into the portal, they uh, they honed in rather quickly, and, and that's why there was not a lot of drama here. He kind of sneaks in here on a visit, and, uh, and away you go. Yeah, I got to admit, that this the first time I've heard his name is whenever I saw him uh, committing to be a Red Raider, so it was <laughs> fairly hush-hush as far as uh, that goes. And am, am I wrong, or am I remembering correctly, uh, Missouri City, 
home of another legendary Red Raider in uh, DeAndre Washington, I believe. I think you're right. Yeah, do something like 21 did, and we'll be having <laughs> a good time uh, here in the LBK. No doubt about that. All right. The fast and furious aspect of this is not a lie, not a cliche. I mean, a very real descriptor. Chris Lovell told you yesterday, keep your head on a swivel. I imagine he's about to tell us the same thing. It's good advice. And join us again for the final go-around this week as we'll have a final bowl game table setting before we uh, head off to Shreveport. And also, we'll get to the Red Raiders and Commodores. It's Tech and Vanderbilt at a neutral site coming up this weekend on the hardwood. So a whole lot to wrap up the week with coming up tomorrow. Hope to see you then. Chris, appreciate the time as always, man. Yes, and don't be surprised by the time you watch this if you either are about to or have already added another whiteout to the mix. So, again, head on that swivel um, and just look at yards yards per catch uh, when you start seeing these receivers uh, that, that may be joining your program, whether it's one or uh, another one or whatever it may be. That's the that's kind of the sweet spot there. So we'll keep uh, keep an eye on it. You could be closer on some more linemen too. So mm-hmm. anyway, it's it's changing quickly, uh, but we will be uh, uh, here to break it down. Yes, one more day of this week, and we've got duels going on on Saturday night with uh, the hoops and the the gridiron and all the stuff. And uh, yeah, it's a, like drinking from a fire hose, man. But uh, keep hope alive, everybody. Enjoyed it. Appreciate you, Calvin. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And make sure you're subscribed so you never miss a thing. We are not JKing about that. For Chris Level, I'm Casey Cowan. Thanks for joining us, and we hope to see you for the next round on Locked On Texas Tech.